There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> Seeing a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Mothman. Oh no. There's no need to feel down. I say, Mothman, lift that child off the ground. I say, Mothman, swing your new friend around. Oh, I've been sick all week. My pants are brown, brown, (laughs) brown, brown, brown. Because you're a big old M O T H. M-O-T-H Glowing red eyes And big flappy wings Yes The monster that knows how to sing Yeah, yeah, yeah Are you that monster? Yeah Okay (laughs) I'm the great and powerful Mr. E And I'm Jay Sick, sick Jay Yeah, colon prep Jay Oh gosh (laughs) No, so everybody doesn't know yet But you will be absent from the rest of this week's episodes, right? On all platforms. I've been I've been sick, folks. I almost died, and we kind of re- no, I did not almost die, but I've just been sick. You know, gutty issues. Mm-hmm. So we kind of recorded all these in reverse order. So. Yes, this is the last one we're recording, even though it's the first one that comes out in the week. So I came back for it. So when you hear me talk ill about Jay for the next, oh, was it's that not, me? Yeah, it's you, not me. No, I way. was like, my phone's on silent. I turned it off. I guess who's buying the beer tonight? Dang it, I was just going to blame you. <laughs> Wait, that was a reminder one from two minutes ago. Why didn't it ding two minutes ago? <laughs> it may have. S- sabotaged. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I planned it. <laughs> no, so uh, I think on Wednesday's episode, I talked that like you probably are dead. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't wait to hear that when it comes <laughs> it's, out. It's all reversed and backwards. So I want to thank all the guest hosts that came on for all the shows this week to help us get through because uh, like uh, Michael's on the Patreon and Emily comes on a couple shows and so look forward to that this yeah. week guys I'm apologizing for the Wednesday episode it's a little rough I'm looking forward to it just so everybody knows Emily had like already worked like 12 hours and then it was super late at night and wanted to do the episode with me so it's pretty much us bickering for a half hour <laughs> so that's good foreshadowing it's something to look forward to yeah. it's your tease in the audience I, now. yeah I had trouble reading the story and then Emily would just Go off the rails. Say something that I would... There was a lot of silence. <laughs> there was a lot of silence in the episode. She's like, you're being so mean to me. And I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm physically trying not to. I'm physically like... It's like bio building up. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, gosh. It's a good episode. That might be my new favorite one already, and I yeah. haven't even heard it yet. Yeah, the intro is already being made, so don't submit anymore. 
Because oh. there's probably a bunch from that episode. Oh, gosh. That may go on for the Patreon intro, intro yeah. contest. What would you think about the little sample of the intro? You oh, I like it. Intro? I like it. It's new and fresh. <laughs> Which version? Both of them. All right. Uh, that's enough dilly-dallying. All right. Are we going to jump into it? Yeah, so we're going to do the Chicago Mothman. Ooh. Uh, I don't know how many parts this is. Like, we, I've talked about doing research for these episodes and stuff like that. Sometimes it's, you know, not hard. It's like stuff pops up. Sometimes it's really hard, like pulling teeth to find any bits of kind of real or credible information. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Single 40 in Society, that's the website. Uh, Lon Strickler is a big, you know, big proponent of that. We have some friends inside the Society. They have an amazing, I'll put it in the link below, an amazing timeline. Oh, of the for Chicago all the encounters. Okay, through they found through their research, talking to eyewitnesses, they've interviewed a lot of these people personally. Okay, I never realized how long and how many there have been. Mm, okay, and like I hinted at, this is probably going to be at least a two-parter, mm-hmm. maybe a three-parter. This may go carry us all the way into the season finale. Ooh, okay. Which we got a crazy season finale booked. I just got that booked with. We are going to have guests for the first time on the season finale and all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh-oh. Again, you're teasing them. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, it's a teasing Foreshadow. episode. Foreshadowing. <laughs> well, it's, it's not Tuesday, so it's like I don't have my Tuesday mindset. I don't have my I coffee. Know. I'm drinking a Pepsi and it's in the a.m. Because I'm out of Dr. Pepper. Ugh, shame. Actually, there's a sip right behind you left. Just one little sip. Yeah, there's a fly and it's why. <laughs> so... I guess we're, it's going to be a little bit broader. It's going to be like the, more of the, the Lake Michigan Mothman stuff. Okay. Specifically in Chicago, but, you know, you know a little bit broader. Right. Yeah. Uh, they start their article, There have been dozens of reported sightings of a large flying creature in the Chicago land in the greater Illinois, as well as Michigan, Indiana, Missouri, and Wisconsin. Dating back as far as... 1964. When did the, the Point Pleasant Mothman stuff start? Oh, gosh. You put me on the spot. Wasn't it 64? Was it? I think it's why I thought that's why you said it. No, I just shot in the dark. I think it's. I think it was sixty four. My gut was telling me because it didn't. The bridge collapse in sixty eight. Silver Bridge. Um, it's been a long time since we did the Mothman episode. Roughly, yeah. roughly those eras. Okay. Yes, in the sixties. Yeah. Nineteen uh, fifties. Oh, so this predates potentially yes. the. Um, that wasn't right at the same time, which okay. is something, and we'll get to that. Like, well, it's it's really weird. It's is it Mothman? Is it something else? Is it, it's very big winged humanoid? Some of these are not very Mothman like. Some of them are. Is it the return of Bat Squatch? Maybe a couple of these. Oh, okay. Because before this, it was called the Chicago Gargoyle. Hmm. I like that cartoon gargoyles. Gargoyles is good. I just heard a a bit from it. Literally, while you from guys that were, cartoon. Yes. What? Mm-hmm. Who pulls bits from that? It was for a Godzilla thing. Anyways, I digress. Okay. So as far back as the 1950s. These things have been reported out in chronological order, which I greatly appreciate, Lon. That it, they are in chronological? Yeah. Okay, okay. They did a lot of work. Check out their website. Check them out. They got all kinds of cool, awesome stuff. I've used bits and pieces of their stuff before. But this timeline they got put together is so nice. It's just I didn't have to use much of anything else for it. What's it called again? Just to give them another... A singular, the Singular Fordian. Okay, Singular Society. Fordian. It's 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 very well known. Lon, I got him on Facebook. He's always doing something. like He does stuff on Friday night, like every Friday. Oh, sweet. It's, it's, they're pretty cool. There's a big map on the website. You can see them all laid out. Oh, even better. I love mm-hmm. maps. But we're just going to go in order, and they got the sightings and stuff like that. 
So the first one we're going to start with is early winter 1957. I'll give you the title, and then I'll read the full thing. Okay. Uh, Gerald Trusses, Gerald Trusses, reported seeing a winged creature with a body of a large man while out hunting as a young man in Bridalwood, Illinois. Okay. Gerald. Gerald? It's a G- weird name. Gerald? No. How do you spell it? It's Gerald. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Your face. Once you realized it. <laughs> it's Gerald. <laughs> You're, hey, that's good, though. I mean, sometimes it is Gerald. But Gerald... I was he, thinking of the... He could be French. Because I never oh, could okay. say his name right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your face when you were like, oh, it's you. It is Gerald. Yep. yep you're right. <laughs> okay. So, 79-year-old Gerald contacted the Singular 40 website recently to recount his experience he'd had with a weird winged creature in Illinois during the winter of 1957. So he just did this re- like real recently. Oh, okay. You know, he's an old man. 19, he's 79 years old now. Yeah, I'm trying to do the so math he in had, my head. He had this encounter when he was a young man. I realize the story is a little late, but I never knew who to tell about the story until I came across your article about a man who saw a birdman at O'Hare International Airport. I'm 79 years old now, and this happened to me a long, long time ago. If I did the math right, he should be around 13. When this happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 1957 when I was with my uh, late brother, Gene, and his late brother-in-law. We were hunting in Bridalwood, Illinois, around uh, in the area for pheasant and rabbit. As we were walking into a large open field, there was a lone large tree standing in the middle of the field. When we were directly under it, a huge man-sized creature sailed over our heads into the woods across the road. We were stunned. We were just looking at each other, dumbfounded to speak. The investigator asked, or an investigator, Tob- uh, Tobias Whalen, which I think we've met. Yeah, we've met Tobias. Uh, he's with the Small Town Monsters crew. We met him. Oh, okay. Of, yeah, we've met Tobias at that time. And it was in the early winter, uh, in the mid-morning. Ger- or Gerald, Gerald responded, the winged creature had a body of a large man with legs, but it was covered all over its whole body with a dark, tan-colored, feather-like thing. This happened a long time ago. I don't recall the f- what the face looked like. I'm glad to tell the story to someone who has knowledge of such creatures before I pass. Hmm. When asked if he had any other paranormal experiences either before or since his sighting, uh, Gerald said, that he had an encounter at a U.S. Army station at Nick Hercules missile site in Northfield, Illinois, in 1963. Hmm. So six years later? Yeah, so, yeah, he just got to the military. I was on guard duty at the time on the radar station. He said, it was after midnight, and I witnessed a UFO in the sky southeast of my location, maybe a mile away, about a 1,000 feet above the ground. I watched it for a few minutes. Before I had made a phone call to our commanding officers in Arlington, Illinois, to report what I was observing, I was then contacted a few days later by the Smithsonian. No, good guess. Oh. Dr. J. Allen Hynek, Project what? Blue Book. Yeah, I was just say that sounds very familiar. This is actually one of the reports I think made it into the Project Blue Book show. Ah, I was I was contacted a few days later. He documented it in Project Blue Book. Had told me. The uh, information to tell me that what I saw was a private jet liner towing an advertisement sign. Oh, okay. Makes I've 
I've seen that before. <laughs> no, that doesn't exist. A private jetliner throwing right. with one of those streamers that they see on the beach. He, he's running the radar station, <laughs> and it's only a thousand feet above the ground. Okay, yeah, private jetliner, thousand feet above the ground, with an advertisement for I don't know. I doubt they would fly at this time at night. Now there is no way a plane could have ever made the moves I witnessed. And to end my encounter with this UFO, just shot up into space as fast as a bullet. A review of Project Blue Book case files confirmed the dates as May 11, 1963, in the official evaluation as aircraft. Hmm. So, yeah, you can go and find, like, his actual encounter. So this is kind of this first one. Yeah. With uh, uh, Geralt. Yeah, I know. Gerald. <laughs> uh, very classic. So the, these young boys are out hunting. They're under this lone tree. Mm-hmm. This classic Mothman-esque shape. Big, you know, the big round head, the wings, and just legs. Flies right over. Right over. And he never mentions flapping, but we don't know if it flaps or anything like that. You know, yeah. a lot of the Point Pleasant Mothman stuff, they were gliding. They never powered, you know, it wasn't like our traditional, what we think of as an animal-powered flight. Yeah. Very different. Well, I would imagine if he saw it flapping, he would mention flapping. But he also said, uh, you know, it was a long time ago. He can't even remember what the face looked like. Gotcha. Okay. You know, 13 to 79. Mm-hmm. A lot of other life has happened. That's true. In between those dates. I suppose. I suppose. So did he even get that much information? And for him to reach out and contact, being 79 years old, is very impressive. Yeah, I must have made some sort of impact to stick in your mind for that long. I can hardly remember anything I did at 13. And Single 14 is really good about putting like articles out and saying, hey, we're looking for these type of things. Yeah. And, and you know, in the Chicagoland area, he was doing all this research. So I'm sure he probably could have seen one of their advertisements or something like that. Like, have you seen this thing? Just triggered it in his head. And then he's part of Project Blue Book. And we are going to do season five. We'll have a long, long season. Uh, a couple episodes, at least, <laughs> on Project Blue Book. When you said long, I'm like, oh, gosh, That's, four or five. It's, it's probably going to be a month. Oh, okay. So maybe four. I think it'll be four. I think I'm going to try to keep it down to four. And we're just going to go through the Project Blue Book case files. There was that show that just came out, you know, it's called Project Blue Book. It didn't just come out. It came out a couple of years ago, but they're getting a new season for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, David from Instagram is the one that got me on to watch it. Mushroom David got me on to watch it, and it was really good. Win. It, there's some, you know, it's TV. Right, so, yeah. yeah it, there's the Hostile Goblins episode I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. That was the only one I could really point to being like, okay, that was dumb. Yeah. There's not a lot there. But I think it does a good job of, Showing how Heineck evolved through his tenure with Project Blue Book. Right. With how his opinions and stuff. And I do think he probably told him it was a jetliner pulling a banner for his own safety. Hmm. Oh, for uh, Gerald's safety. Yes. I okay. did think Heineck started doing that stuff, especially towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Saying, like, no, here's what you've seen. And you just, just don't look what into you're it. You're going to tell everybody yeah. you've seen. Yeah. Because there is some connections with maybe some of these lower military personnel uh, got put in a loony bin. For gotcha. saying we're being adamant they saw alien craft. Right, yeah. So you could say whatever you want to. Heineck, you know, is a big hot button topic in this field. Right. This whole conversation. I do think yeah. at the end that he did, he was definitely a believer in whatever the UFO phenomena is. I don't know if he believed in aliens or whatever, but whatever the phenomena is. And he did his work with, uh, what was the one? Is it Encounters of the Fifth Kind with the, the big lights on the Mesa? Yeah. He I, did. He was a consultant on that and all okay. that. You know, he was. So he definitely changed his tune after doing it so much. You talking about the Stephen Greer stuff? No, no, uh, the movie, the big. Oh yeah, Cl- uh, 
Close, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Third. Third Kind. Yeah. Stephen Greer's the fifth, like the fifth. Oh. CE5. Yeah. No, no. So Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the okay. movie. Yes. He was the consultant on it. Oh, cool. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. So he definitely, at the, towards the end, it was you know, Holly, much different. Hollywood definitely pulls in like people who knows stuff. Yeah. So let's, we're going to jump forward over 10 years. Okay. So 57 to 67. Oh, I didn't even ask you your opinion on that encounter. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, there's pretty straightforward. I'm, there's nothing there to make me feel like I shouldn't believe him or anything like that. No, and it's a very simple Mothman encounter. It's right, very yeah. classical. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, I mean, and most that's of the time, good. that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Is if you see something like crazy or out of this world, per se. I'm pretty sure Mothman attacked my hotel when I was in Chicago one time. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Do you want me to tell you now or do you want me to wait? Well, you just mentioned it. You better tell it. All right. So uh, we were in Chicago in 2018. Okay. That becomes really important probably next episode. Okay. So we're in Chicago 2018, and we mean Zach. Uh, you've met Zach kind of secondary through. Through you, yeah, basically. Yeah. I know enough yeah, well, to I know I lived with the guy four months out of the year for four years. Yeah. In a hotel room. Right. You know, all over the country. When he would sit out with me, and we'd watch for Mothman and stuff. It's more just we'd go and have a couple beers in the tailgate of the truck, and we'd sit and watch because our hotels normally were had clear skies, which were rare in Chicago. So we'd just sit and watch to see if anything would fly over. Well, one night, it is like... A horrible lightning, wind, water storm, and it's smack of the hotel really hard. Like it sounds like we're in Florida in a hurricane. Okay, it's crazy because it's Chicago has some pretty severe thunderstorms, but this was like even crazy for that. And we're on the top floor, right at the like the crust, and something massive smacked the wall right above our window. Hmm. I mean, it's like sounded like a little plane flew into it. Like- just a we, big thud. We know it's like a crash and then stuff hitting it more and like, huh. and we're no trees. You know what it was? I, I know what it is. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. I was so, going to say it was a jetliner pulling an advertising. It was. Flew it off. was. You got it. It was the advertising banner actually. Yep, flew off. Hit. Uh, they were going too low and <laughs> smacked right into the hotel. No. So I'm, we're, we're convinced it's Mothman because <laughs> it was just so loud. Yeah. And it was so much like flapping. You could hear flapping after something hit, and then it fell. And we go out the next morning. You want to guess what it was? Hmm. Uh, I have. I don't know. Some sort of billboard or advertisement. A whole bunch of geese. Oh no way! A flock of geese had flown into the wall together. Oh no! All died in the storm, and were falling along the side of the hotel. Oh <laughs> and that's no! The flapping we had. Heard. So you found them the next morning. Oh yeah, they were all dead right below our four stories below our window. Oh, man. There was a giant hole in the side of the hotel. They were must have been flying right in the line. Yeah. And just, it sounded like a semi-truck had hit. They were doing the flying V. Well, they were trying to get over the hotel. Yeah. And the, I'm guessing a gust of wind had just pushed them down. And they just, all these geese were dead. Darn. A lot of dead animals in Chicago. A sad story. Well, I wonder why. Chicago. It's a bad place, yes. October 27th, 1969. Okay. Floyd Hancock. I can say that name. Oh, you missed it. The Patreon episode this week? Yeah. Everybody had nice, normal names. Oh, for once. Five kids, and they all had, like, Leonard Rice. John Smith. Yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> uh, so, anyway. So, Floyd. Uh, he, it is said to have been abducted from his home as a young child 
after an an indeterminate amount of time by a tall, winged humanoid before being returned. Ooh. Does that sound familiar before I read the encounter? Before being returned. So he got abducted by a tall, winged guy. Right. And then he was returned as a young kid. Hmm. It happened at Point Pleasant, too. Remember the, the baby in the trailer? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, then, the crying baby it ripped open the roof of the trailer, yep. took it. Yeah, it And did. then brought the kid back. Yep. I do remember that. Oh, okay. Some similarities here. I wonder. I, it may have been the same year, 1969. So Juan spoke to Floyd, who recently described a terrifying encounter with a tall winged humanoid that he has a young child in Rolling Prairie, Indiana, on October 27, 1969. Hancock states that he and his family, mother, father, sister, and grandmother, were living in a trailer situated on their family's land. Okay. Oh, I hear another trailer. Another similarity. The trailer had sustained damage to the roof. Oh, no. Leaving a large hole. This is, hey, this is the same story. It is. <laughs> but I think we'll get to it. I think there's problems. Oh, okay. I think there's continuity issues with one or the other. Gotcha. Way to ruin it. Sorry. Oh, I so, did really ruin it? The hole was covered with a wide waterproof tarp until it was repaired much later. He and his baby sister shared the bedroom. He was awakened by a strange noise of a strong and a strong disagreeable old odor. He was then looked towards his sister's crib and he saw a tall winged humanoid staring down at her, then beginning slowly turning and looking at a horrified Hancock. Mm. So it's just looking over your baby sister's crib and then it just... Yeah, it looks right at you. And flies at you. Yeah, I mean, I would have just died. Kid should have had a gun. It's Indiana, not Ohio. Oh. The creature was described as being very tall, between seven and eight feet in height, with a body and a face covered with black hair. Its posture was crouched over. It had huge, leatherly, leatherly, oh, I can't say it. Leatherly. Leather. Now you can't leathery. say Leathery. There you go. Wings. Shaped like those of a bat or a gargoyle, with a muscular arms and legs. The creature's body and face were thin, and they looked like a, a human skeleton with sharp teeth. And dark eyes. Hmm. Ooh, dark eyes? Mm-hmm. And a very human skeleton-like face with sharp teeth. Ooh, I don't like a, the sound a of that. A very little bit different of a Mothman. Yeah. It made a low gurgling sound, which is, you know, we've Typical heard of Typical Mothman, you know. yeah. Hancock screamed in order to alert his parents in the adjacent room, but they never responded. His grandmother was alerted and came to his aid, though she was stunned at the sight and immediately fell to her knees. The oh, creature thanks. then... Well, I mean, what's she going to do? My thanks, Grandma. She comes in and there's this eight-foot-tall gargoyle. My grandma would have hit it with a broom. Mm. She would have. Indiana, like Constitution. <laughs> I see my grandma go after a raccoon that was stuck on our porch. Like, it, with no protection, just a broom. She went right after it. <laughs> a raccoon and an eight-foot-tall demon are a little different. She would have done it. I know it. The creature then picked up Hancock in its arms and made off with it to the living room, where it ascended through the hole in the ceiling. It, obvious, it was obvious that it moved the tarp in order to gain access to inside the trailer. He remembers being very cold and wet and hearing his grandmother screaming at the winged humanoid that took off into the sky. He had no idea how long he had gone, but only remembers walking, waking back up in the bedroom along his panicked parents and grandmother. He continued, he states that his grandmother witnessed the entire event and documented it. His living relatives concurred about this event since the grandmothers recall uh, what had happened to each of them. His grandmother passed away in 1985, though. Hmm. The witness's parents were abruptly been put into a type of 
hyperbolic trance during the abduction. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's weird. They talk about like how gray aliens and stuff. Like they yeah. they couldn't wake them up. Right. Yeah. Even though when the grandmother was awake and panicked, like to wake them up, like hey, something just took one of your kids. They were. St- they couldn't. Get, they could not wake up. Yeah. Hancock's parents woke up after the abduction was completed. It seemed that they were somehow placed in this hyperbolic state, and the wings uh, being left in the permissions with him. After several minutes, they all heard scratching noises and a loud thud on the roof. His father immediately gained access to the roof where he saw him laying unconscious. They were able to quickly bring him into the trailer, dry him off, and place him in bed. They were reluctant to call the authorities and seek medical assistance because of this bizarre event. The effects of the abduction event had lifelong consequences according to him. Hancock recovered from his endeavor, emotional problems, or he had, you know, endured tons of emotional problems his entire life, which he had uh, attributed to this abduction event. Yeah, I mean, if something abducts you and probes you and then throws you back on the roof, that's pretty traumatic. At the time of the event, the Mothman Prophecies film had been released. He had a mental breakdown uh, after watching it in the theater. He literally had to leave during the scene where the Mothman chased the automobile and crashed in death. Uh, he was not uh, att- or he was not attempting to watch the film since then. Similar to other witnesses, the man was uh, prompted to c- uh, come forward following the personifications of sightings reported of flying humanoids in Indiana, reported relieved to discover he was not alone. I asked Hancock why he called me. He stated that he received a call from his cousin who was aware of the winged humanoid sightings in Indiana. Then that's when I was given the contact information. And yeah, he just goes in. You want to see the picture he drew of what it looked like? It's it's already frightening in my head, so I can't. Oh, geez. Okay. I'll yeah. try to remember to post this on Facebook on Monday. Yeah, that's, I would not want to see that ever in my life. It's not good. No. And he goes in, we're not going to read all of it because he goes in in tons and tons and tons of detail about like, he had nightmares yeah. for years with this thing coming back. Very, very Mothman Prophecies-esque. Yeah. And you know, it's very different than the actual story of Mothman. I cannot remember when we did our Mothman series if we said this happened in West Virginia or we said this happened in Chicago. Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, yeah. it was Rolling Hills, Indiana. Yeah, which is right up there by Chicago. Right, yeah, yeah. Hmm, I don't remember either. But I've seen it both. Okay. I think this is the correct one. Oh, okay. To where it happened in Indiana. And it was... I would it happened imagine. in the same time. I think it got lumped in. And I think somebody's... Story because it's the exact same story. Yeah, it is this story. I don't think it is a Mothman. I think no. it's a real life vampire. I don't even think I wasn't going that far. I like that idea. So he had just watched Mothman prophecies. Uh huh. What have we talked about with gray alien encounters and the psychic oh, phenomenon? Oh, them putting on the face. He you know, like we both kind of talked about a lot that they kind of reflect a lot of the information you're putting out there. Yeah. And I wonder if that's what it was, and that's why it was so scary because it didn't do anything besides look absolutely horrible well you don't know what it did when it took the kid but it returned him right alive after, and breathing yeah after he like sucked all of his blood out and replaced it with i don't know something else so what if this is an actual alien abduction could be and it's very much a different format because he had such a strong psychic presence of the mothman on his mind very well, and they could never be, yeah. get it right. And we talked about that with the Bigfoot. And we've talked about it with other things. Yeah. when these things mimic other paranormal entities, but it's never it's never quite right. And mm-hmm. that's where I think a lot of the face comes from. Hmm. Is it personified a lot more of the scarier traits? Because <laughs> a lot of the Mothman, like we did that in our you know in our series, weren't scary. 
No. Truly. Like, they didn't, you know, there's no giant teeth. There was, you know, the big red eyes. Anybody that's seen its mouth, that it, you know, it just had a big wide mouth like yeah. a frog. It wasn't like... They never mentioned teeth, teeth. like that. Uh, much more like a... You know, we talked about like night jars and they were a type of bird and stuff like that. You know, they have big frog frog mouths and big eyes. They look kind of creepy, but yeah, they can't do anything to you. Right, yeah. This thing is much more ape-like. It actually has a big nose, a human-esque eyes, yeah. and big vampiric teeth. If this is the one... I don't think this encounter was Mothman. I just don't. But yeah, I, I, I could I'm, be... I'm with you. I but it happened during the time and got lumped in. Right. Yeah. And I do think people, other people, have taken this story and said it happened in either West Virginia or Ohio, and not Indiana, Chicago. Yeah. Hmm. This was before the Chicago, and I could see why this is before the Chicago Mothman really became a thing. Hmm. So if you're putting information together, and we may have done it on accident, I don't know. Once we did our big episode, I can't remember if I said it was from. It's five. There's eight hours of Mothman stuff. Right, that I was yeah. going to go through and listen. Season to. one. End of season one. Yeah. Um, I just watched uh, Abbott and Costello, uh, Dracula, what is it, Dracula Meets Frankenstein, something like that. It's an old movie from the 40s. And Dracula would put people in the trances. Oh, yeah. Dracula would abduct people. I think this is Dracula. Dra- abducting, putting the parents in the trance. Forgot the grandma lived there. You know, oversight. You know, everyone has their oversights. Comes in, swoops his kid in. His brother's awake. He's like, oh, crap. Makes that scary face. Dracula. Before I move on to the next one, mm-hmm. we're going to take our ad break. We haven't remembered in 16 weeks. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back, guys. Enjoyed those delicious ads. Delicious, delicious ads. I don't know. They got food or, or who knows. Somebody just emailed me about an ad on one of our. I gotta look at that. Or maybe that was a dream I had last night. Uh oh. Why? Where somebody wanted to get one of the products that was like an ad ran on our, our the thing, and I'm yeah. like, I have no idea. Yeah, we don't. Like, we don't have any control over that. No idea. Yeah. So they're like, no, I need the contact information. Like, should have listened to the ad. <laughs> yeah. Go back and re-listen to the episode. It may have been a dream. I had weird dreams last night because of Mothman. Mm. Mothman's fresh on your mind. I said, Mothman, he will lick your spine. Oh, good. That's not what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, I've been saying some bad stuff around the house. Alice's first words are going to be just something horrid. Yeah, like Mothman licked your spine. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with that one. Okay. It'd creep out the other kids at school and really just, like, separate them out. Oh, I think he's already going to be like that. I mean... Here's a tarantula. Yeah. 1971 fall. Retired police officer David Ramon reports an encounter with a shadowy winged humanoid he had seen when he was 12 years old near North Branch of the Chicago River. Been there, done that. Oh, yes. I know exactly where this encounter took place. Uh Uh-oh. There's a big seawall, and it's really scary to be in a little boat above it. 
above the seawall? Yeah. Because you can just go over the edge and Oh, die. gotcha. Like you that, fall like 50, 60 feet into town. You ever see that video where they're, where they're going down the river and the guy's like, what's that up there? And he's yeah. like, oh, it's it's fine. He's like, no, I, that's a waterfall. He's like, no, it's not. It's fine. And it was then, a spillway. Yeah. And then it goes and he's freaking out trying to paddle out yeah. of it. And he's like, no, there's no way. Like you can't, you, we, we physically can't go over the edge. Like we'd have to be going. Yeah. Like flying. flying yeah. All right. So they report, uh, David reported this to the Singaporean Society when he was a 60-year-old retired police officer. He said this happened in 1971 at the age of 12. He encountered a shadowy winged human near the north branch of the Chicago River. Ramon served as a police officer in Chicago's 14th district from 1994 to 2009. Oh, okay. Very recent. Yeah, they don't make it long in Chicago, the Chicago PD. It's one of the most stressful police departments you can work for. I can only imagine. I had a lot of dealings with them. Really? Yeah, never, probably not their fault, never good. Right, yeah. Oh, stuff you found, right, in the river. Well, yeah, that was a lot easier. It was more like the one that almost shot me because the active shooter on the bridge. Oh. Remember that? Uh, he pulled his gun on me because I was trying to get out of the car to unhook the trailer. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he's like, yeah. He wasn't going to shoot me. They're they're highly stressed. They're, they're very high strung. Yeah. If he tells stay in the car, stay in the car. They will shoot you. When I was a kid about 12 years old in Chicago... We lived near the old Riverview Park. A bunch of us boys were playing around near the banks of the of the North Branch of the Chicago River, throwing rubble concrete from the demolition of the park into the river and making a big splash. I didn't like being too close to the water, so while the other boys were down there by the riverbank, I went up the path by myself. I looked northward, and I saw a very, th- a very tall, skinny man who was very dark on the path about 200 feet away. He glanced my way and threw his arms up. He had wings, Mm. and he ran, flapping them right there. Oh, sorry. He ran, flapping them, and then disappeared in the trees towards the bank. I was petrified right there and looked around, but my friends were looking south and still playing. I said, did you guys see that? I wasn't sure if it was there, if I was seeing a guy pranking us or what. It was always spooky there by the river, even in broad daylight. There at the demolition site. Okay. Remember demolition site, Mothman. Okay. A lot of connections. You tell me to keep that. Like, keep that in mind. Okay. Put that down. Put a pin on it. I tried to explain, but my friends told me to shut up, and they didn't pay any attention to me, since I was smaller and younger than the rest of them. I am now six years old, a retired Chicago police officer living in Florida. And I never told anybody else, really, until I saw your article just now. And it shocked and it shocked the blank out of me. I got the feeling of something evil to that day and wanted to go home immediately. In a follow-up email, he added additional details. So that's that little first bit he remembered. So he's seen this article come out. Like I said, yeah. 14's really good about pushing that stuff. It'd be like, if you had this type of encounter, call this number, email mm-hmm. this, you know. Uh, but he sees this tall, really, really tall, thin, what he thought was a black guy, I'm assuming at first. Yeah. To lift up its arms, open up wings, and flap, wings. and ran into the demolition site. Yeah. Already say into the woods. Into the woods near the demolition site. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's running there. And then, well, you know, we talked about Point Pleasant, the TNT plant, before mm-hmm. they tore down the birdhouse, was this. You know, it had these, you know, it had this giant demo sites, these buildings falling apart. How many encounters did we talk about? They had. Inside that de- yeah, decrepit and, building. Right, exactly, yeah. With the broken glass all over the floor, yeah. Which would make sense. I mean, if you're wanting shelter, I mean, it's 
you don't want people to bother you. It, yes. 99% of the time, it's probably about the best place to be is a demo site. Right. So shouldn't be anyone there. Yeah. So in the follow-up email, I tried to get a look at his face when he glanced my way. Back then, I thought it was a scary Halloween mask or something. There was no focal points. Uh, sorry. There was no focal points for me because it was not a human type face at all. Big eyes. That's the only thing I remember. It still creeps me out to this day. I try to remember if something bad happened to any of us shortly after that, and I just remember that one of the older boys that we were there with that day shot and killed a rival gang member shortly after the sighting. Jeez. He was 16 at the time and went to jail for 17 at 17 for at least five years for murder. Jeez. So like he said, you know, Mothman sightings have been seen to be somewhat harbingers of tragedy. Investigator Ty, uh, uh, Tobias Whalen was able to connect Ramon over the phone for an interview. And they just kind of go in more, same details, same kind of stuff, uh, where it's uh, another kid encounter. A lot of the Mothman sightings, these personal ones were, you know, kids, especially it'll kind of maybe become a thread here in the Chicago ones. Yeah. It's a lot of kid focused. I don't know. Chicago's a weird place. <laughs> That's an understatement. But it's, it's, to me, why it's so weird is what we call Chicagoland. Chicago itself proper is not very large as what you think of when you go to Chicago. It's tons of these cities. Right. Are, there's no space in between them. It's, Pushed right you know, up against the, yeah. You go from Bolingbroke to Juliet, you know, Juliet, all, they're touching. There's right. no, you never leave town. Right. So I think there's, but there's also this kind of isolation thing that develops in Chicago to where if you live in Bolingbroke, you live in Bolingbroke. You don't go to anything. Like when you talk about going to the city for the weekend for something, you're going 70 miles down the street into Chicago proper. Yeah. And I can see a lot of this stuff not getting talked about because it stays in these little communities. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts? Uh, I can I can agree with that. Um, but I I don't like uh, Mothman's always uh, associated with the harbinger of and doom. I think bad I things. I think it's coincidence more than anything. Me and you have talked about that a lot. Yeah. That I think it's movies like the Mothman prophecies. Right. That's made that. A it's thing. made that a thing. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have bad stuff happen in your life. All this, yeah. A lot in of these, Chicago. A lot of these people, and it's not their fault. It's just it's this point that you, I think you made perfectly. There's, that when you're looking at it through that lens, you're going to keep widening the lens until you find a bad event. You can be like, oh, yeah, it was. Mothman. My mom died two years later. Yep, Mothman. Yep. Well, whether they think it was caused by Mothman or Mothman was there to warn you. Right, exactly, yeah. But, no, it's just you're going to have bad stuff happen. Yeah. You know, Something big bad happens, what, every six months in your life? It probably, probably even more frequent. I don't know. I mean, for the average U.S. person. So right, yeah. If you have this happen right between two big bad big events. Mothman. And you only remember the big things. You right. Or the bad. You don't remember all the good that happens right after. Ain't that something. Mothman got you a job promotion. Exactly. Where are those stories? Mm. I know it's happened. Mm. No, it's it's weird. What do you think? Uh, well, and like you said, Chicago's a weird... City, it's an old city too, and the Chicago, like it was burnt down completely and rebuilt. The whole we'll talk city. about that in the last episode. Yeah, like it's, so. There's a lot of weird history with Chicago. So I don't know when the last episode of this is going to be, but we'll talk about that with the, the fire, the fires, yeah, the destruction, the squatting, because it was that big gang gangster. Oh, uh, Al Capone. Yeah, what Al Capone? Oh, but he squatted on the rubble and pushed all the rubble into Lake Michigan 
like Atlantic Avenue and all that Michigan Avenue huh. is all built in the rubble of the first city. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they raised the city too. Right. That's what I'm talking about. They yeah. pushed all into the lake. They yeah. actually turned Lake Bottom into, and he claimed all that for the mob because he, he squatted for five years before they started rebuilding. Huh. There's there's some weird and a lot of death, and he ended up having a really bad life after that. He got to be one of the biggest mob leaders in the U.S. He said he had a bad had, life? Yeah, and then he had a bad fall. And the you know cow why? that kicked over the land, Mothman. Yep, Mothman. Cow that kicked over the land. That's such a lie. I don't, I'll don't. i never believe it. Never. Uh, I've been around cows. Yes, but I'm not. And I've watched a cow look at an open flame and be like. "That's And that's fine. Destruction. And the, the farmer, the, I'm sure a responsible, any responsible farmer wouldn't leave a lantern over. But I, I'm not buying that story ever, ever. It's fake history. That's my, in my opinion. I don't even know how they could prove it was a cow. Exactly. But they did, and they published it, and they shared it in school all the time when they taught us about it. Uh, we'll look into it for that last episode, because it could be something where Mr. Jenkins saw his cow do it. But the whole city was like a tinderbox. Yeah. So it just was like a, but maybe on purpose. Maybe they made it like that on purpose. So it could all be a burnt down. I don't know. Or they allowed it to be become that. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I almost clicked the wrong button. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Man, look how young I sound in there. We we used that button a lot while you were gone. Oh god, just to make you feel like you were here. Both all, <laughs> all your all your sound. All bits. my sound, my bits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. All right, June. 1976, a man's vehicle was reportedly attacked by a winged black figure with glowing red eyes in Waukegan, Illinois. Ooh. You ever been to Waukegan? I have not. Neither have I. But maybe I have. I doubt there's many places in Illinois I haven't been. Yeah. But I don't remember Waukegan. It's, I mean, it's pro- pretty memorable name. Yeah, hopefully it's by Little Potato Creek. Ooh, Little Potato? Yeah. A little tiny creek called Little Potato Creek. I like it. There's Big Potato Creek, too. Oh, of course. Naturally. Do you know why they called them that? Um, this, they, this episode's so off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They grew potatoes. It's going to be like a two-hour episode. They grew tater, taters in that creek. They used that water to grow their taters. Close. Okay. Uh, they'd float them uh, to get oh. them to the trucks. Oh, then that name fits perfect. Yeah, like they would roll them. Like they, it's, they were like built on slopes, and they'd literally like roll them. On the, like through not PVC because it's you know olden days, but like on boards, right? And they'd go in the creek and they'd float them down, and people would net them and put them in the truck. Nice, spud net, spud net. Yep. All right. So he, it, uh, single Fordian was contacted by a spiritual author and business owner. Nefer is the best name I could get for him. Okay. Who wishes to share? Or sorry, her Nefer. Versus to share her encounter of her late father's sighting of the black figure with glowing red eyes. That's what confused me. It's a man sighting. Daughter reported it. Gotcha. So in the email, it says, I'd like to report a secondhand encounter that my, my dad had in 1976. I was 14 at the time. We grew up in, what did I even call it? Oregon? Wakagon. Wakagon. Yeah. Spelled like walk. Uh, my dad worked part-time nights in Victoria Memorial Hospital, which I believe is located along Char- or Chardon Road. After one at work one night, he went to help his friend who had car trouble at the Marathon restaurant, which was located by the train tracks by Jocelyn's Outboard Motor Company right there on Lake Michigan. So you could probably find exactly where this place happened by the amount of information she just gave us. The Pretty exact opposite of 99% of cryptid encounters. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was at these coordinates. <laughs> There'll be a cow. 98.67 west. I don't know how those work. It was a full moon, 
And there in the parking lot was my dad was giving his uh, his guy friend's car a jump. When dad, as often as he told it, suddenly felt scared. Mm. As if something was watching him. There were two or more of very tall silhouettes there. Or some kind of structure. They were probably three stories high. Interesting. Yeah, three so- 30 feet. Right. Uh... Sorry, they were probably, th- sorry, not structures, t- tall silos, not silhouettes. Oh, okay. My bad. I that, was like, I was just saying, tall just... silos, they're probably three stories tall. Dad looked up in the moonlight and saw a black figure crouched down at, or watching them. It had glowing red eyes. He told his friend to look and they both saw it. Dad said the creature was probably about six feet tall because it was so high up. And even from that angle, it looked very large. Mm. It definitely was not a bird or anything like that he had ever seen before. Dad said he sensed evil from it. Removed the jumper cables from the car. He and his friend took off in Dad's car. They didn't even bother to lock up their friend's car. They were just so frightened. They just left. Mm -hmm. As they drove off, they heard a loud swoosh sound. And then something seemed to hit the sides and the tops of their car. He kept going, convinced that the thing was trying to drive them off the road. The next day, Dad was freaking out because you could tell... That a three long scratch marks on the roof of the car. I saw them myself. They were about half an inch apart. There were four of them, and it looked like they were talons of a large bird that scratched the car. From that point on, I was banned from going to the lake after dark, and Dad didn't even like us me going there during the day most days. I had never heard reports of a winged creature until I read your article. So there you go. Hmm. That reminds me of the story, uh, I think we talked about it forever ago, but this uh, person, I think it was down in Texas, they seen a, uh, this, this, these creatures, winged creatures uh, on top of a water tower, and it looked like they were doing a dance or something. Yes. And then they looked at it, looked on the road, then when they looked truces. back, it was gone, and then they looked, it was standing right beside their car, looking in their window. They were Lala Truces. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Uh, yeah, but much more Mothman esque. I mean, the look is very right. Yeah, Mothman. Those look like bird women. Oh, okay. Like they were birds with human faces. Okay. Uh, for the Texas one. Yeah. Where they were all dancing, but no, this is very much like the Scarberries, and you know, uh, they got Mothman chased their car. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's the like one, the Mothman. No, encounter. that was not. That was a a weather or a class balloon. Project that went like what 190 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour. Too bad you were sick for Patreon night. Why? Peyton got us all because we did one of the alien alien encounters was like Mothman like gorillas. Yeah. And she's like, we all know what it was. Say it with me. Sandhill crane. Yeah, exactly. It made me laugh really hard. The old Sandhill crane. Yeah, so I don't know. Very Mothman, classic Mothman. Watching him chases, scratches on the car. Yeah, with the Scarberry uh, story. Yeah, it's very similar. I mean, it's the same thing. It's literally pretty like much. Yeah, the same thing where they see it. Once they see it, the cover is blown, and they it just chases them. Yeah, which is weird, odd behavior. Once again, uh, silos. You know, most of the time they don't have people on them. You know, the gray in silos, three stories tall, so private ones. Yeah, nothing, nothing hanging out there besides other little birds. So mm-hmm. no people. No people, not, especially not at night. And uh, he goes on, to, or she goes on to say it was, you know, probably about 1030 at night. Okay. Uh, it's about 15 minute drive, you know. And she just remembers how it bothered her father forever. Mm-hmm. That the rules that they made their house and stuff like that were much more, were driven 
by him seeing the Mothman. Hmm, interesting. It's crazy. It changes your home life and everything. And she remembers her whole childhood was was heavily affected by this creature. So if you had a little Mothman perch up on your barn in the backyard, or your garage, not barn, but that's like a mini barn. Imagine if we, like, we accidentally live next to this guy, and we have like all the Bigfoot Mothmans in the front yard, and he's just like... Oh, he would hate you. And he's just, no, he'd probably fall over and have a seizure. Yeah. He, he, ah! he, yeah, he would be calling the city, making some complaints. Oh, gosh. We still got a lot. This may be a five-parter. We'll see where we get. So 1981, a 13-year-old claims to have an, an intense psychic encounter with a red-eye winged being in Cairo, Illinois. Ooh. Yes. I know where I think I know where that is. Yeah, you should. It's by Chicago. Oh, so he contacted this. Uh, I would assume this in you said they had a powerful experience in his youth with a being that fits the description of more than a few of the modern reports of the flying humanoids out of Chicago. The West Encounter took place in Cairo, Illinois in nineteen eighty one. He was thirteen years old. The witnesses MR contact contacted me by email and asked to speak over the telephone. I intensely had the sense that the interview would be significant. And I requested the MR to call me his earliest convenience. Uh, me and we were talking within ten minutes. Mm. So the MR introduced himself and immediately started to tell me about his encounter. He prefers our his prefaced his story by saying that he had not known of any of the winged humanoid sightings reported through the Chicagoland area until upon he stumbled upon my article two days previous. He was then stunned by the relatively, in the article, dozens of sightings who closely resembled the encounter he had in Cairo in 1981. But MR's narrative was very different because his encounter with the winged humanoid altered his overall beliefs and perspectives of the world. The MR was a 13-year-old boy in 1981 who, through his own description, had significantly terrible abuse during his young life. Ooh, not good. On this particular evening, like many other previous evenings, he sought solitude in his backyard. For whatever reason, he was able to employ a self-taught form of meditation that helped him cope with the abuse of his parents. As he sat on the grass, he entered a deep level of spiritual awareness that had become more heightened than he had ever remembered. He soon became aware of an unknown presence. As he exited his meditative state, he immediately noticed a pair of intensely red eyes staring back at him from across the alleyway. The being was standing against the neighbor's white garage about 75 feet away from where the MR was sitting. It was thin, black, human shape that stood seven feet high, and when compared to a four-foot-high chain-link fence at the end of the yard, there were wings folded on its back that extended far above its long, thin head. But those intense red eyes captured the MR's concentration to the point where he was literally paralyzed and frozen in place. The being who soon was communicating with MR in a telepathic form, more intent on gathering his attention than actually expressing information. The five to seven minute experience was significant with the amount of emotions. They ranged from tranquil to terror. Hmm. MR recognized that he was not dreaming or in a reflective state. This was actually occurring. Then there was a moment where his perspectives of the world around him would start to change forever. He never fought the encounter, and it influenced his life. 
though he was reluctant to disclose the incident until he started college and became part of the environment, part of an environment that would pay attention to what he had to say and not judge his experience. But Mr. still did not understand why he was a recipient of such a, the winged humanoid scrutiny. Then one evening, while he and his wife were watching the video, Mr. began to appreciate and grasp what had really happened to him in 1981. The Mothman prophecies was a theatrical, I can't say it, a theatrical theater, a theater piece, a theater film that was released in 2002. It was based on John Keel's book by the same title. Even though the movie never really captured the full intensity of the book, and it actually events that occur in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 1966 to 1967. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, the film gave an overall impression of the story of someone's narrative and kills expressions. And the book MR told me that it was sitting at home watching the video when a car accident scene unfolded. The winged being suddenly came into focus and MR intense, instantly went to sheer panic and uncontrollable bursting in tears. His wife tried to comfort him, but they were he was beyond consultation. They continued to watch the video, but a terrible, difficult experience for MR. Later that evening, he disclosed his boyhood encounter in detail with his wife. Since that time, he has not talked to anyone about the incident until we talked today. I would first like to state that the interview with MR was one of the most insightful I've experienced during my time as an investigator, says Lon. We connected on a rare level, to the point where I could literally predict what he was going to say to me each sentence. His experience confirmed to me that the phenomena is not that of an indigenous being, but instead a flesh and blood extra-dimensional or extraterrestrial entity that is neither attached or has a certain purpose or is summoned by a specific force. MR has no previous inclination of my theories, but rather defined what I had begun to believe during the course of this investigation. And yeah, it goes on. He brought Hmm. up tons of stuff. Again, it's a kid again. Yeah, so. in a psychic encounter. Very yeah. This the, it, don't don't look at the red eyes. You know that was said around Point Pleasant a lot. Yeah, we talked about that in our episode. Don't look into the red eyes. Don't look into. Now, if we want to go interdimensional animal, like we talked about in our Mothman episode, you know, is this a hunting tactic? Is this a type of hypnosis? Like a luring yeah. thing? Yeah. Or you know, to completely put the prey off edge. Okay. Is it defense? Is it on the other side? Is it a defense strategy to really disorient predators or hold them still? Right. You know, if a predator looks into your eyes and you can just sit there and cause them to have severe emotions. Yeah, and just be, and be paralyzed basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be nefarious, but it, you know, it doesn't sound good. But no, you know, we're talking. And Lon seems to think so too. Something and you know, extra dimensional. So trying to put our thoughts on it, you know, it's very difficult for something that's. Not from here. Exactly. Or just, you know, it, it, I don't know how other dimensions work either right. and the way they can affect I mean, You could ours. have been feeding on him the whole time and we, you know, right. some type of energy we don't understand. Exactly, yeah. And through emotion too, I don't know if it can just telepathically, you know, yeah, that's the way we view it as tel- telepathy or whatever, you know, talking to us or making us feel certain ways. But like in another dimension, maybe that's just how it manifests to us. Is it seems like telepathy, but it could just be a whole other thing through a whole other system in a different dimension that they're affecting us with, and that, that I just cannot explain, obviously. But you don't know. Hmm. You don't know what you don't know. Ain't that the truth? Mm. Ain't holy moly! Exact. Couldn't have said it better myself. Mm. Nineteen eighty-seven. 
A man in rural Indiana reports sighting of a human-like flying creature with glowing red eyes that sparks a decade-long series of encounters. So this, was, this one was reported to the National Cryptid Society in May of 2018. Okay. It's by Jesse James. Oh. The cowboy? <laughs> yes. Or the guy from that show, that Chopper show. Yes. Okay. They're actually the same person. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, so Jesse says, I was out on a walk late at night a couple miles out of town near some cornfields when I started an unsettled feeling, a feeling of being watched. I turned my head to peer into the fields of corn, and I heard uh, a rustling. Quickly, I hurried my pace and tried to get back to my house. But while I was in a hurry jogging back, something flew in front of me and had glowing red eyes. It made a horrible screeching noise. I was partially was sprinting at this point. I had lived in the area for decades and had never seen anything like it. Something even now, late at night when I'm walking around the area, I'll see something in the dark with those same glowing red eyes, and I'll book it. Scary. It's scary. Yeah, I wouldn't like that one. That one sounds pretty uh, not enjoyable. I have a little more. So basically, yeah, he's oh. walking by the cornfield. He hears something rustling. And it flies overhead, and it's looking down at him, has giant red eyes. And he's like, Ping, gone. Mm-hmm. I would be, too. Mm-hmm. He should have been on his heart, his motorcycle. Or his horse. Or his horse, yeah, same thing, you know, really. If you really boil it down. And why do they call them hogs? Because they're, because the confusion, to muddy the waters. Another confusion tactic by the... You, you're trying to explain it looked more confused than anything I've ever seen. Ah, uh, so I was out walking it late at night a couple miles out of town. Oh, I already read that sentence. That's right. A follow-up interview. The witness described the creature being five to six foot tall with a human-like face. Uh, or not a human-like face, sorry, a human-like body with a wingspan of nine feet. Immediately, it was dark, and the witness did not have a flashlight, so details of this being our general shapes are scarce. Uh, save one, it had glowing red eyes. Then the creature's glowing red eyes were, you know, absent of direct light, indicating that they could glow at a paranormal level. But yeah, given the glowing red eyes, the body-to-wing ratio and reduced the likelihood of an animal could fly in a natural or any known means. And the fact that the witness the witnessed the glowing red eyes no different occasions over three decades in the same area suggested this may be encountering something paranormal, supernatural in nature. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree. So yeah, this this whole thing with... He kept seeing he keeps seeing these eyes around town. Yeah, and it's a little tiny town. I don't know if he ever gave the name of it, but so it's almost like it's stalking him. That or it's always there, and he just notices. Yeah. Okay. I mean, kind of like when you, the Men in Black, the first movie, or no, the second. No, it's the first movie. How is the second? It's when Agent K gets his memory back. The second movie, and mm-hmm. he goes outside and he looks around with his his old memories the first time, and he just sees all the aliens. Yeah. Like all the little the little peaks behind the curtain. Right. Like once you can see once you see it once. It doesn't go away. Yeah, it didn't go away. Yeah. They're not bicycle reflectors anymore. They're you know, they're glowing red eyes. It's like a uh no, bad comparison. I was gonna say like one of those stereograms. When you look at it and you see a three D image. You know what I'm talking about? Those yes. little, yeah. Once you once you can do it, you can do it. We're gonna go to Naperville. Naperville. I spent a lot of time in Naperville. Mm. What doing what? Fishing? Yeah, work. Oh, okay, that's right. Now, Naperville is another Chicago land. Like, it's a horrible place. Okay. Now it is. You know, 1997 may not have been as bad, but in 2019, it was... Rough? Absolutely horrible. Yeah. I hated Naperville. 
actually, did they? They may have had a Bass Pro, or if that was Bowling Brook. I can't remember anymore. Was that your saving grace there? No, it wasn't a good Bass Pro, but we needed wader patches like twice a week. Oh, yeah. So it's the only place you could get them for like 400 miles. Yeah. So 1997, separate witness report uh, frightening encounters with a winged gargoyle in Rock Island in Naperville, Illinois. So they received, uh, the website received a pair of reports recently from the late 90s that described a demonic flying gargoyle seen in Illinois. The report came in on the heels of one another, submitted late Sunday from a Wisconsin man who described the encounter with a humanoid bat dragon. Bat dragon. That occurred in April in 19... Or sorry, 2017. We'll come back to that one. Bad Dragon? Couple, yeah, in a couple in a couple episodes. The first report took place on Rock Island, Illinois, 1997. Rock Island is around 160 miles west of Chicago, near the borderlands of Illinois and Iowa. So I, I don't know where Rock Island is. I know where Naperville is. I am now 32 years old, and the story is coming from Rock Island, Illinois, about three hours away from Chicago. In about the year 1997, I remember my mom was working third shift. She asked me to run out to the car and get something for her before she went back to work. Then uh, it was about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and all of a sudden I heard something make a big whoosh and sounded like it had ginormous wings right above my head. So I looked up. I lived right or I lived right in front of the Chippenonic Cemetery. And never, have, never have I ever been so scared out of my mind, even at night. I looked up in the street light across from the street from my house, but the night light wasn't on yet. So I remember looking up, and all I could see was suddenly I seen this figure with red eyes looking back at me. It was just sitting there, and I could tell it had huge wings down its side. So I began to run back into the house and told my mom what I had seen, the thing, and she told me what it was. Oh, sorry, and told her what it was. I don't know if she believed me or not, but uh, she was like, that ain't nothing but the devil after your blanker. That's just an accent. It's I know it's not Chicago, but I gave it a Chicago accent. Oh, okay. So I was so scared. So after I went home, or after I went to my room and laid down, all of a sudden I heard a whooshing sound out my window. Whoosh. I can't remember if suddenly, or sorry, I can't remember if I had seen it, anything or not. I just heard the sound again. And I was just terrified. So I closed my blinds, turned on the TV, and fell asleep. <laughs> whenever I see that night, or whatever I, whatever I seen that night, I don't know if I can call it the devil or what, but it was real. I remember it was probably about five foot tall, and it swings to be pretty large because I remember that it looked at me from the top of the light pole. Its wings were like that kind that kind of hang down, and it wrapped up, so it looked pretty big. From that day on, I believe all sightings that I've been hearing about are true, and I've been hearing them for years. Hmm. The, the leathery wings ones is and the red eyes com- combo mm-hmm. does make me feel like demonic sometimes, like it is something demonic. I don't know. Or like she said, the devil himself. It's weird. The devil himself. Uh, I didn't do anything, but this obsession with kids. Yeah. I, like uh, I said, it's going to become a, a thing as we... Keep going forward. Yeah, this ain't good. This is not a good theme. One of these episodes is just going to be titled 2017. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Very current. It almost. Oh, I got ones from like last month. We're going to end on. Okay. Okay. So very recent. Mm-hmm. It sounds eerily similar. This could be some soft disclosure. Now that I'm connecting it. 
Soft disclosure of what? Um, the game Tekken. Tekken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fighting game from PlayStation. I think they're still making them. I haven't played them in forever, but I think on one and two, the the well, he's one of the bad guys, I guess. But uh, he turn when he he turns into a devil, and his name's literally just Devil. That's what they call him. He's got glowing red eyes, big leathery wings, jumps up, flies, and floats around, and he abducts a little kid. No, I made up that, that part. Oh, it's like, <laughs> Nate, he I mean, made up that part. But like, Tekken is the Mothman. Yeah. I wonder if they were like pointing out like, ooh. But in that game, the guy transforms into it. So I wonder if these creatures, what if it's just... You know, we got like four or five hours of this. Some guy, yeah. It's some guy transforming into this. You better write that down because you gotta. When we get to what this could be, ooh! But he has to be dropped into a volcano first. That's the, important. The, the Chicago oh, volcano, not a volcano, just off a really big cliff. His dad got dropped the, into a volcano. The Chicago cliff faces. Yep. Here we go. I'm gonna have to. What do a skyscraper some... count? Sure. Okay. It's it's a high enough fall. A fall that which should kill the only city that I've seen both the sky and the lake or and the river be the same color. Ew. Ew. Gray. Green. Ew. I'm not joking. This amount of smog that gets trapped around Chicago, literally sometimes at night, you look up at the clouds and it looks green. Not even a good green. No, it's not like sickly pale green. Yeah, like me when I, my face, when I've been sick all week. That green. Second counter comes from Leslie from Naperville, an area only 25 miles west of Chicago. It's placed 20 years ago, roughly, you know, by the time they wrote this article. I was a senior in high school. I was taking a late night ride with my boyfriend near his house in Naperville. Ooh. We were sneaking out to have a cigarette, and we were driving along the street slowly with both windows completely down. He had a Mustang and didn't want to wake the neighbors with his loud exhaust. We heard a loud screech in the distance. It's okay. Chicago. You hear yeah. gunshots. It's the only That's city that's the least concerning thing. You just hear gunshots all night. No, no, a screech could be a drive by. We were there once for a drive by. Oh gosh! And I, we were literally just got back from dinner. We're walking into the hotel in, and we may have been in Naperville. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, we're walking in. And you hear? Jeez! I like, wow, that's a drive-by. Gosh! And that was that was the scariest hotel we ever stayed in too. It was a Holiday Inn, but it was like under construction. Oh boy! And it had been under construction for all three ever. years we'd been there forever. Yeah. And it had a floor nobody was allowed to go to. Hmm. That was the one that probably the mob, there's a lot of mob activity in Chicago. It's probably the mobs one. Yeah. That's scary. Because Grandpa said he'd worked on hotels like that. And what it is is, because the second floor, you couldn't go to the second floor. Because it's, it's under construction. No, right? there's no there's no door. When you go in the stairwell, Okay. there's just no door there. Yeah. And there's no button for the elevator for it. Yeah. What Grandpa would said is you take a room card and you check it in on a floor on the first floor, and there's a stairwell in that room hmm. that goes up there. Oh, it makes sense. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Chicago. I want a secret hideout like that. Join the mob. There we go. Simple. So we looked at each other and confirmed that we both had heard the same thing. He slowed down to a complete stop. All of a sudden, coming from our left side of the drivers to the front windshield appeared a gargoyle-like thing. It was about four feet in length. With wings, front claws, reptilian-like skin, no. big glowing eyes. <clears throat> the color's hard to remember, but there's almost transparent like purple. Oh, no way. That game I was talking about, guess what color of the devil is? Purple. Yes. Mm-hmm, there you go. 
as it flew in front of the windshield, literally over a car's hood, it stopped suddenly and proceeded to scratch the crap or yeah, <laughs> scare the crap out of both of us. Oh, scratch the crap out of both of us. Ow. Uh, its eyes protruded from its head and it made a snarling like gesture. It definitely was trying to scare us and then it flew off to or disappeared completely. Hmm. It happened so quickly, the adrenaline in our veins pumped instantly uh, from f- fright. Immediately after the thing flew off, we looked left at my boyfriend, and every hair on both of our arms were standing straight up. Again, we both confirmed that we had seen this and were bewildered. Almost 20 years later, I still wonder what we'd seen. I've researched on my own net, and I found that, I'd, uh, that I had witnessed, had possibly had seen, and many others had seen the thing out there. The sighting makes me believe that there are other dimensions that we cannot see, and sometimes they may show their faces. Mm-hmm. The thing, the entity, whatever it was, was not nice. It was demonic. It used its power over us to scare us beyond anything that I've ever felt. I drive to this location all the time. I live near it. The location is near uh, the wood area in a subdivision. And get this, it's Abbey, er, it's Abbey and Monstery. Monstery? Yeah, it's the name of the, the town. Or the, oh, the really? Monstery, mm-hmm. of course. The land that we were traveling on was also a wooded area. Perhaps it lived there and once was land owned by the Abbey. Is there any connection? I'd love to know. There you go. <laughs> no, so this it purple. I I couldn't tell from reading that. Did it have purple eyes or purple body? Let me read that purple, description again. She said purple body. All right, it was about four feet in length with wings, front claws. Reptilian-like skin with big glowing eyes. The color is hard to remember. It was almost transparent like purple. So I think you're all right that it's body, but I could see how it could be the eyes, though, too. Oh, yeah, the, last the way it's worded. Talking about was the, was the eyes. eyes. Yeah, maybe it was, though. <clears throat> yeah, but it had front claws. Yeah, that's weird. And I don't know if it's like a little T-Rex, like one claw, <laughs> or if it had like little hands. Like little T-Rex arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only four foot tall, though. It's not... Not a, a big, big guy. Thing. Yeah. Big, scary eyes, very human-like face. But reptilian-like skin. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a different quality. Very odd, very odd. This could be something different altogether than, or just could be a younger version, but I'm with her on the interdimensional stuff and things you can't see and the way they affect you. Yeah, it's... I, but again, it didn't hurt nobody. So odd. Mm-hmm. Looks so scary and vicious. You don't hurt it's nobody. It's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. And it's I moth bands like Bigfoot like dog man. I think a bunch of stuff's getting lumped into there. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of this is Mothman. That that one, there's not a lot there that's very Mothman like. Right. But it I mean, yeah, in ways. A, it flies. It flies, it has wings, it's human. So does the rope in Right. So yeah, is it orange bate? True. Touche. They're Mothman like. Yeah. But it's the Van Meter Visitor? Mothman. Yeah. Sandal Crane? Mothman. Mothman. What if someone saw Sandal Crane and blamed it on Mothman? Wouldn't that be quite the twist in the story? Seen this I could see that I could see a DNR doing that that didn't want Sandhill Cranes. <laughs> it was a Mothman. Because they are allowed to hunt them now, I think, in Arkansas. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And they call them sky turkeys. Yeah. Hmm. Apparently they taste amazing, but they're just not very big carcasses. Let's try one. I thought about going and hunting one, getting a taxidermy for the studio. That'd be awesome. Like, there's a Mothman. That would be awesome. They're huge too. Do you remember seeing them in Chicago or in Michigan? Did we see them last year when we were up? No, we seen uh, those uh, trumpeters. Trumper, yeah, the yeah. Trumpeters ones. Yep, those no, are big. Those are big. Every, 
I remember, I won't say who, but I made a bet with somebody to catch a sandhill crane one time. Yeah. Because they had their babies in the parking lot. They were flying south. It Pretty was, sure I know who it is. Oh, you know who it is. Okay. I just won't rat them out for right. the public. Right. Uh, they're huge. Anybody that's never been around a sandhill crane? They're absolutely humongous. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he was trying to catch a baby. And they're not like little tiny babies. They're like four and a half foot tall babies Gosh. because they're flying south. Yeah. And he just tries to put his coat around one. And they thought they were, they were in a parking lot being fed by people. So they didn't immediately run away. Right, yeah. And then they're sitting there, and he's kind of like putting his coat around its wings, and it's like the mom comes over and just starts sword fighting with him. <laughs> oh, no. Just swinging her face, back, like just everywhere. Because they, they sharp bill. Yeah. Anyways, he didn't catch it. Didn't catch it. He didn't get his money. <laughs> 1999, this will be our last one for the day. All right. And then we'll come back in at the year 2000. In the year 2000. A woman, along with her husband and girlfriend... And a girlfriend reported a flying red-eyed gargoyle in Rockford, Illinois. Okay. Oh, Rockford. Why does that sound familiar? I don't know. It sounds really familiar. Something about Rockford. I think we have a Rockford around here. Maybe. I don't know. By Fremont. That's Rockford. Okay. Uh, So, once again, received a phone call from a woman in Rockford, Illinois. From 1999, she witnessed a flying red-eyed gargoyle along with her husband and a girlfriend. The incident occurred during the summer in the early evening... When there was a full moon, our third full moon today. Ooh, that's the you know why because that's moon's not really a, you know what you think it is you know that's just the indicator of the portals being opened. Uh-huh. Yes, that's what the full moon indicates. I literally just seen somebody talk about that. Really, I don't know. If it was on ninjas and butterflies that they're a big podcast. They do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, I don't know if it was on their show, but somebody was literally just talking about the moons and a portal. That's what it is. It's the indicator. The moon itself. My thought is it's just because there's more light so you can see what's happening at night. Oh, here we go. Your biological excuses. I didn't know how I was going to sneak something science in here, but there you go. There's one, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, away. the trio were relaxing at the friend's front porch, and they were located on uh, Willard Street West near Auburn High School in Cotwood Airport in Rockford, Illinois. During this conversation, the friend stopped talking and began to stare across the street. He continued... Uh, the witness looked at in the same direction and noticed a dark gray winged humanoid slowly flying near a large tree. She stated that it seemed like the being was in slow motion hmm. as it glided towards the tree. The friend said, do you see that? The witness were close enough to notice that there was a small, it had small cat-like ears and intense red eyes. Ooh, intense. There were no other facial features visible. It was quite muscular through the body. It had two well-defined legs. It had arms that were attached to its wings. Hmm. She stated that the winged humanoid was about seven feet in length with a really wide wingspan. The wings like those of a bat with a leathery-like membrane. Apparently, she had uh, perched, or apparently the being had perched in the tree and began to, or then again began to take flight. And then it, when the witness husband took notice, the winged being was gliding towards a pair of lone large pine trees, and its legs were kicking up and down while in flight. Mm, okay, like it was swimming or something. That or <clears throat> some birds will do that, especially when they can't see very well. Okay, they're trying to legs. grab a branch. Oh, okay. Like they're getting ready. Or they'll also stretch their muscles and stuff. Owls, you know, ospreys are famous mm-hmm. for well, they'll do that while they're flying. 
it looks like they're trying to grab their other foot with their claws. Okay. But it's a uh, it's stretching out those those muscles. Oh, okay. It's like a little exercise they do because they're so high tension. Right, yeah. That they have to do that because it's just a really high tension muscle group. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now I gotta find where I was. Where where was ya? Where was I? So it was kicking up and down while in flight. The being flew between the two pine trees and suddenly vanished. The witness said gargoyle, and her friend acknowledged, yes, yes, a gargoyle. After the incident, the witness stated that they seemed to have forgotten the encounter until about a year later when she asked her friend if she remembered the sighting. And her friend said that she had, but had also forgotten the incident until she mentioned it. Hmm. Now that could be alienish. Could Block be shadow memories. It could also be what human brains do for yep. traumatic events. Block it out. They just bury it. Yep. Similar to other sightings, the witness had led to make a report after seeing that the others had already come forward with their experiences. The witness's son told her about recent reports and says to call me. Lon. He was also aware that the winged humanoid sightings in the Chicago area. So yes, basically they were told to contact. Uh, they were given the number to contact Lon because they the son had knew his mom had had these encounters with her, mm-hmm. with her, her mom and dad and their friend had had these encounters and they, sh- they were like yeah look mom a lot of other people are having it in Chicago right now are seeing this thing all the time right uh, I it's just crazy so like when we come back next week we'll start with the year two thousand and I'm gonna try to get to the the year of seventeen okay. Get up to 2017? Yeah, we're not going to read all of next... Like, we're going to start skipping around. Okay. I wanted to do all these early ones. Just to show that his, there's a long history of... Yeah, because it blows up in 17. Uh, it goes from, you know, like 2000... Between 2000 and 2010, there's probably 10 reports a year that gets made to these guys. Uh-huh. I'm just going to read the titles, and then I'll read a couple here and there. Okay. And then 2011 to, like, 2016, there's, like, 50... Dang. 2017, there's like 400. That's insane. And it drops back down to like 150 a year. wonder what happened then. <laughs> we'll get to that on the last episode. Ooh, okay. Because I think I know, and I think I have a personal story with it. Uh-oh. There's a little foreshadowing. Yeah. Because I was looking up what happened in Chicago 2017. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Something to look forward to. But, well, even with uh, this, you know, recording this in December of 2023... Uh, there's a sightings last month, mm-hmm. just November. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing a really good job of adding them pretty fast to the, you know, and getting them written out and stuff. Uh, what's your thoughts so far? I I think I just said it for the most part. It's a long history, longer than I realized, a lot longer. But I don't. I also don't think all these are Mothman. Yeah. Um, I like the de- that everyone keeps saying you know it's just demonic, but the gargoyle thing keeps getting brought up. And now here's why. Uh, Chicago has tons of gargoyles, like on their buildings and stuff. They have tons of old churches, a See, lot of uh, a lot of ga- uh, Gothic cathedral designs. Right. So a gargoyle to me, and it could be a gargoyle, mm-hmm. but to me, it's because they see these things all the time. These big winged, scary creatures on their buildings. Right. They know what that's called. Right. They call it gargoyle. But where did the inspiration for those come from? Now, we may get into a little bit of that in the last episode. There's a lot of gargoyles liberty taking with gargoyles gargoyles mm-hmm. yeah i've seen some 
I've seen. I've seen some. Some no, this the uh, things they put up on buildings. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know what you mean by liveries because some of them are just ridiculous. I'm even talking about like the, the 1500s and stuff like that. Okay, like how they were designing gargoyles because they're water spouts. Oh yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. water spouts. No, that's what they are. That's what they were designed yeah, for. It, good. Uh, it's a good cover story, you know. But because uh, that's what they look like they're throwing up and stuff. But it's almost the same kind of stuff. Why they started carving turnips and pumpkins. Was this whole scaring off evil spirits oh, by right, having yeah. an evil spirit? There, yeah. Yeah. So, like, early gargoyles, like, there were some sea serpent ones. Much more like the Ney Rouge, this little black, like, the, the little black and red devil. Mm-hmm. Like they, And then I think they slowly started finding this. That's the form they like putting out. Gotcha. So, that's why I think the word gargoyle gets thrown around in these Chicago, these, especially these early ones. Right, yeah. Whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Right. It's because it's easy. It's the thing you know that has wings and looks scary. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If this happened in Illinois or Iowa. You know, they'd say it was the it was the visitor. If it happened in West Virginia, they'd call it the Mothman. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the nineteen fifty seven one's kind of cool. You know, you don't know what to think about it. Uh, and like I said, I would believe it was nineteen sixty four to seven. Was Moth was, was uh, Point, Point Pleasant? Yeah. Big Mothman stuff. Yeah. Sixty four to sixty seven. I think. And I think I even said that earlier. I think uh, six six sixty seven was the two big the years. Two big years. But we even when we did our episode, it started way before that. Oh yeah. It just did, oh yeah. That was when it hit its apex. Right. It, Chicago's a weird place. It is a weird place. Oh. Is your tummy? Is your tummy upset? Have you heard it at all? No. The past like 10 minutes, it's been going... We're almost done. Okay. Now, just, just kind of final thoughts for this first installment. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of history. Well, I think I went over mine. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm on with you, though. A lot of these probably aren't what we classify as Mothman. At least, right. Yeah. That's a big point. Here. Yeah. Uh, some are for sure. Yeah, but glowing red eyes is ninety nine percent of the time just not a good thing. Never. But it's not Mothman exclusive. Right. No. Big. You know, we've talked about him. Bigfoot and mm-hmm. Dogman mm-hmm. and other weird, you know, one off cryptids have had glowing red eyes. Which is yeah, there's got to be some connection, but I don't know what. And it could be that interdimensional biology or this right, the yeah. fey folk stuff or mm-hmm. or you know anything actual demons. Demons, devils. Yeah. Chicago's had a long history with bad things. Of course. Still do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was part one, Chicago Mothman. Stay tuned for part two. I have been the great and powerful mystery. And I have been Jay. Just Jay? I think so. And we'll catch you next week with more Cubs of the Corn podcast. Bye! Thank you for listening to Cribs of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review, and remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Cribs of the Corn.com. And don't forget, stay magical.